My name is Sean Rapier, and I love Disneyland. I love the attractions, the food, the parades. Really, I love it all. And when I can't actually be at the parks, I love talking to other Disneyland superfans. That's why I created this podcast. In each episode, a rotating group of co-hosts and I will break down what really makes Disneyland the happiest place on earth. So let's leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. This is the Castle Collective. And today my guest here on the Castle Collective is an old friend of mine for very many years. And I don't want to say, Joel, that we're old, but I think that does mean that we're old. Joel Wallen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you here because you're a big Disneyland fan, and Joel and I were in an improv comedy troupe together. I don't want to say how many years ago because it's uh, it's almost embarrassing at this point. These two old men, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll allow we'll we'll say many years ago. Joel is <laughs> very many. Joel is one of the most talented comedic actors I have ever worked with. That's a true story, oh, and uh, and a huge Disneyland fan. And uh, Joel reached out to me and said, "Hey." Uh, with the Castle Collective, if you're ever talking about food, restaurants, whatever, you know, I'd love to talk about it, and I'm all about it. So let's talk <laughs> about food and restaurants. Now, before we jump into the episode, Joel, yes. what is it you love so much about dining in the parks or at the resort? Um, I think it's just, there's just such a variety, um, and, and that's the best way to put it. There's, it's not just a carnival thing, obviously, anyone who's been there knows that, it's uh, they really go out of their way uh, to make sure you're having a special experience, not just in the park or on a ride or whatever you're doing, but the food itself is also bringing in its own experience. And And I didn't realize that until I was uh, older. I you know, grew up in Southern California, so I'd gone uh, through my youth. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I went through a period where I actually did not want to go to Disneyland and <laughs> beg, begged my parents not to take me with the next cousins who came through because I just was like, I, I've had enough. Sure. Um, and then I got older and went, wait, I'm an idiot. This is fantastic. <laughs> Especially once I had a family. And anyway, and so that was just always one of my favorite things when I go on any vacation is what is the food around here and what, what is the experience? And so, uh, and so Disneyland was no different. And sometimes it's like traveling to a variety of countries all at one place uh, with mm. some of the varieties you can get. That's such a good, good way to put it. Yeah. There's, it, it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, you know, it's funny when, when I look back, I think for a little while, Disneyland was kind of known as the $20 bad hamburger place. <laughs> they kind of went through a period in the, uh, in the maybe eighties, early nineties, and they have now so stepped up their game. Like it's incredible. The amount of cuisine you can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joel and I are going to go through a, a top 10 ish list. I'm going to call it top 10 ish <laughs> because it's a, it's so, so stinking hard to go through and figure out what your actual top 10 of anything is. Uh, but also, I, I want to be clear up front, a few rules. First of all, this is not like top 10 best restaurants. These are our top 10 favorites. Mm-hmm. And this could be places we have great memories of. We like the food or we like the ambiance or we'll explain to you why we like them so much and and why we think they're worth checking out. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we chose high-end places or whatever. Secondly, uh, we are leaving out what a lot of people would call their one and two if they've had the privilege of being there, and that is Club 33 and Club 1901, which are the two private clubs for members. I've had the privilege of dining at Club 33. It was before it got remodeled or anything, but currently I can't go there 
Joel, you can't go there. And 99.9% yeah. of our listeners can't go there anyway. <laughs> so we're going to skip those two. Those won't qualify. And then the part that shocked me, Joel, I got on the Disneyland website, sorted the restaurants. Now, it should be restaurants in air quotes on the website because a lot it's a lot of little stands and stuff mm-hmm. too. They list 124 restaurants on the website. Wow. I went uh, on a not Disney official one that lists, I think, a number of the other pop-up and, and variety of things too. And I got 164 between the resorts. Wow. 164. Holy cow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, a lot. It's, it's pretty good. So in any case, we are, uh, we're going to go through them and we are including the entire uh, Disneyland resort. So that could be hotels, downtown Disney, California adventure, or uh, Disneyland park itself. And then some of the things we're going to talk about today, we may have liked more in past years, or maybe it shifted a little bit, but we'll, we'll just tell you, tell you what the favorites are. So we're going to go from, uh, from 10 to one, Joel. And I feel like we should have theme music or something. Yeah. Uh, but well, the, but well, I'm going to stomach rumbling or something of that nature. <laughs> I feel like we should be eating while talking. <laughs> just... They could get, the, get these to us every time we announce one that that just kind of pops up here as your sample. But it'd be great. I think that'd be terrific. Why don't we go ahead and start with your number 10? All right. Uh, my number 10, uh, I enjoy, especially because my kids really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, and I was surprised with how much I actually enjoyed it. And that is the Cozy Cone Motel. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's your number 10. Yeah. That is phenomenal because Cozy Cone Motel is my number nine. What? <laughs> I was thinking, like, there's no way Sean has this one because it's such a random. That's uh, what I thought. I was going to say. I, I, was, I Joel, I thought I was going to have to justify this to you. That you were going to—I was afraid you were going to hang up on me Just for doing shut cozy it down. cone motel. Good for you. That's so awesome. We both have cozy cone motel in our top ten. All right. So talk us through why you love the cozy cone, and then I'll jump in with mine. Like I said, it's just—it's a variety. Those who don't know, um, it's. Uh, bread bowls, of course, are very popular throughout the park and a lot of the eating establishments, and they'll come up on a number of my other uh, picks here. But uh, the Cozy Cone, they do uh, a cone that's made out of dough, uh, a, yeah. bread, a bread cone, if you will, uh, filled with a variety of things. They have five different cones, and each station has different options. Mm. Uh, Meal-wise, uh, they have a chili cone, queso, as they call it. Chili cone uh, queso. I chili love cone. a pun, too. Yes. Love a pun. Um, and I couldn't see this on their menu right now, but I swear there was some sort of uh, like a chicken fair day that I had there before mm-hmm. um, that was really quite good. So they do rotate, especially okay. I know at uh, one of the, one of the ones, I think it's it, maybe cone three rotates quite a bit. Okay. Um, and, and they always, yeah, I think it's three where they're always doing something seasonal. Cause I'll bring up in a minute, the, the best thing I may have ever eaten in the park. So go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so it's that, and then there's also, you know, cones with just ice cream or, uh, cones with pretzels, which seems a little carb heavy, but, uh, <laughs> but it's still appreciated by the kids. Anyway, it's just, and it's just a fun little environment, uh, of course, based on cars land or, uh, the cars movies there in cars land. And so, uh, it's just, it's just an enjoyable place. Yeah. And so we, we should point out, as you said, uh, it does take place in Cars Land. As you're uh, walking down toward Radiator Racers, it's over on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And and when we say 
cones, the restaurant itself, it's not even restaurants, like yeah. four, 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 what is it? Four or is I it five? It's five. five yeah. It's five huts shaped <laughs> like, uh, what, what, what would you call those? Emergency traffic cones. cones, traffic cones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically five traffic cones. You go to one and it's churros and drinks. You go to another one and it's more dessert stuff. And as you said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got different stuff at each one. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's three that, that always has kind of the rotating three or four that always has a rotating, list right now i see they have the chili cone queso and bacon mac and cheese and they're served in bread cones now for me and i think it was i thought it was at cone five i believe we went to the parks and they had uh what do you call the mexican street corn what's that called oh the uh, come on yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) i I, you know i probably should have thought of uh, I probably should have thought of this before I brought up this story, um, but basically yes. they had the Mexican street corn, and it was they had a version of elote. Thank you. There we go. Elote. So they okay. had the elote, but they had a regular elote, and then I swear this is going to sound like the worst thing on earth. <laughs> they had elote, you know, which is smothered in you know the butter and the cheese and everything. They roll it in flaming hot Cheetos that are crushed. (laughs) And Joel, I read that and I went, this has got to be the worst thing on earth. And it's not in a cone or anything. They just served it. And I said, this, this is going to be horrible. But my friend and I, we ended up ordering them and I'm not kidding, Joel, top five things I've ever eaten in the parks. It was so fantastic. So, and I've never had flaming hot Cheetos before or since, but elote rolled in it. I, I also think it's fun the way it's set up, you know, yes, you got definitely. The, the different stations. So rather than just standing in line, you know, like, like you would at some, at some restaurants, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. And they're real close together. So even when you have kids, you can go, you go to cone four, I'll go to cone two and you can still see them. You can, you know, yep. it's not like sending them to the other side of the park. They're right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well done. Anything else we need to add on, on cozy cone so far we're one for one. So yeah, again, I, I am surprised and, and delighted that I'm I am, the only one I am who enjoys too. it. <laughs> well, I will jump over to my number 10 then. And my number 10 is in Disneyland park. It is cafe Orleans. Uh, wow. did cafe Orleans hit your, hit your list. Uh, big time. In fact, that's actually my number one. Um, what cafe Orleans is? Oh, I've ruined your number one. Oh, that's no. okay. Uh, no, no one can ro- ruin a good Monte Cristo. Yes. Um, so talk us through why cafe Orleans is your number number. By the way, it could have been anywhere from number four on up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, cafe Orleans and, and I should say this to not ruin perhaps one of yours, but I have cafe Orleans slash uh, blue Bayou Cause I kind of count them as, Similar food-wise, but obviously atmosphere-wise, very different. So I won't, okay, so you, I won't so you go put, into You put Cafe Orleans and Blue Bayou together? Yes, because to me, they're very similar. And okay. that might be because there's only one really item, if I'm going to go there, that I want to order. And they're at both places. Yes. So, so I'm let's I'm going to call I'm going to call an audible here as yes, to sir. how we do things. Yes. And what's nice is that our listeners who probably thought, "Oh, I'm sure they shared their lists with each other before." <laughs> you're now going to know we did not share our lists with no. each other. And so here's what I'm going to call. I'm going to say that uh Cafe Orleans and Blue Bayou I treated separately. 
Yes. And so I'm. let's wait until we get to Blue Bayou from okay. me. Uh, it'll be well worth it. And we'll cover Cafe Orleans and Blue Bayou at the same time. Fantastic. How's that? I love okay. It. So we've covered uh, my number 10, we'll, we will get to, <laughs> and uh, my number nine, your number 10 was Cozy Cone. What was your number nine? And my number nine is is the location, but it's specifically, uh, I wanted to choose a character breakfast. I, I've been able to go to a few character breakfasts um, and package deals there. And uh, the one that I really enjoyed in the location was the Plaza Inn. Mm. Very good. Plaza Inn did not make my list, but it could have. I do have a character dining experience on here that ranked quite high, but I love the Plaza Inn. Tell us why you love the Plaza Inn, why it made your top 10. Well, the Plaza Inn, I mean, it has the joy of just being right there on Main Street. So it's kind of this feeling, again, of a little bit of back in time uh, Mm. kind of experience. Uh, The character breakfast itself was very uh, pleasant and the kids enjoyed it. Uh, It was a buffet for those who haven't done, I don't know, any character breakfast I've been to is a buffet. I don't know if they all are, but uh, yeah. Um, and I was surprised with the quality. I don't know why I was surprised. Uh, as I mentioned, <laughs> Disney does a good job with their food, but I think buffet and I think Golden Crowl, and that's not what this is at all. Um, You're right. It's good. Yeah. You get your own little mini uh, Mickey waffles. You get uh, you know, varieties of, of meats, of course, which are always great to start the day. Uh, and you're already in the middle of the park, especially you can get to this sometimes before even really the opening is happening and you're just there and involved when everything's hap- or starting mm, up. So it's, yep. just, it's just quite enjoyable. I think you shared a good pro tip there. And that is if the park opens at, say, nine, you can get a reservation uh, for the plaza at like eight. Mm-hmm. Go have breakfast. You'll finish at 845 and you're already in the park. You know, yep. you're ahead of the rope drop because it's down at the end of Main Street. And it's awesome. Um, last time I was there, it's been a few years since we've done breakfast there. Last time I was there, it was, uh, I believe, Winnie the Pooh and Friends. So it was Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, uh, Piglet, all of them. Was that same thing last time you were? It was, I believe it was more Mickey and Minnie. I, and when oh, I looked okay. up just now, it is officially Minnie and Friends, I believe. Is, oh, it's Minnie and Friends. Okay, phenomenal. Um, but mine is, as I recall, too, when I went, and this was still, I don't know, five, six to eight years ago, uh, they yeah. all run together eventually. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I do recall Mickey and Minnie being involved. Awesome with that. Awesome, it's so fun. I'll tell you one of the great things that I love about character uh, breakfast, and of course, you know, my youngest is now almost seventeen, so uh, it's a little bit different now. But one of the things I loved when our kids were little about character breakfasts is that you get so many pictures of characters that it kind of takes care of a lot of that for the day. Absolutely. They're not, it, it, <laughs> you know, they kind of get that out of their system. Now, of course, if they see their favorite, you know, if they happen to love Lilo and Stitch or they happen to love, you know, whatever character and they see it, of course, they're going to want to run over. But it's not like, oh, I have to get a picture with a character because you get four or five and the characters are so good at coming mm-hmm. around to your table. Absolutely. And those character breakfasts too often have them in the... Uh you know, different uh, outfits than their standard. Um, right. Plus, right. and I recall it's pretty much the standard mm. uh, ones, but some of the other breakfasts do have them in, in their other yeah. outfits, which is fun. Yeah. Well, it, it, it didn't make my top 10, but that is in no way a reflection of how I feel about the Plaza Inn because I do <laughs> love it. It's, and especially, you know, it's that breakfast experience on it is just awesome. So, all right. That is a good, good choice. Solid list we're putting together here. Uh, <laughs> how about I jump in? So we've covered 
the tens and nines. How about I jump in with number eight? Number eight Mm -hmm. is, this is going to be surprising, I think, to a lot of people. It's, uh, it is actually in downtown Disney, uh, and it is Splitsville Luxury Lanes. Wow. I have never yes. been. I, I figured you wouldn't see that coming. It was only built like, <laughs> I think it was only built like a couple of, maybe two years ago. It's actually yeah. where the House of Blues used to be. And I put this in here less about the food itself. And actually the food is very good, but the experience is really fun. It's a, it's hmm. a high-end luxury bowling alley. They've got great music playing, really comfortable couches kind of around. And so you can go in if you're there for a few days or if you're just in town, you're not going to the parks that day, you're going for the evening or if the parks close early, you can go into Splitsville and they've got just fantastic soft drink like combinations as well as they do have a full bar. I'm, I'm not a drinker. I know you're not either, but, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have a, a lot of cool stuff that, uh, that you can do there. But the food, I was surprised. They have a lot of sushi, which is great. You you know, you don't normally, you think of, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, going to a a bowling alley, you're not (laughs) thinking about sushi, but they've got incredible entrees like, uh, you know, chicken Alfredo and spicy vegetables. Mm -hmm. You can get a poke bowl. Um, Great food for kids. You can also get, uh, they do have burgers. They have pizza and stuff. But they just have incredible sushi. You know, they have uh, spicy tuna rolls, California rolls, veggie rolls, volcano rolls, and then uh, really nice stuff for kids, you know, cheeseburgers and chicken tenders. What's fun is, you know, you can bowl, you can have some some beverages, you can relax, and if you want, you can have dinner. It's a really cool, hip place. It's two levels. Uh, But the bowling alley, it's, you feel like you're in this kind of ultra hip lounge (laughs) and, and you're bowling and you're eating. I just think it's such a unique experience. We don't have anything like it where we live, uh, that it made my list because I've, I've only been there twice. Uh, and both times I just thought, wow, this was a really fun evening. And, uh, if you enjoy bowling, it's that much of a bonus, but I would say for sure, go check it out. Yeah, it's, it sounds interesting, and if I'm being perfectly honest, a little disturbing because I just imagine grabbing you know a big handful of fries and then sticking my <laughs> fingers inside a bowling ball, and, <laughs> and then being the next person who has to get that ball. But I'm sure they clean them, so <laughs> you don't have to think so. That's yeah, all I that got, came to mind. So. <laughs> after COVID, Joel, are we going to be rethinking bowling generally? Yeah, hey, that's here, true. That's true. Here are your shoes that so many people have worn. Grab a ball, reach in, grab some fries. Yeah, yeah. this whole thing is not sounding great. So Splitsville. anyway, Splits, Splitsville Luxury Lanes made it to my number eight. What's uh, what's your number eight, Joel? My eight is actually the Jolly Holiday Bakery. It wow, nice. In Disneyland, it is uh, yes. kind of at the end of Main Street as you're turning into uh, Adventureland. Um, yep. A little bit before you get to the bridge there. Uh, one of so the things... Cool. I like about it is actually relatively inexpensive again with the knowledge mm-hmm. that this is uh, Disneyland. So you're not getting anything too inexpensive, but it's, it's a lot of sandwiches and uh, salads and stuff. So it's kind of a, it feels a little bit healthier, a little bit yeah, uh, of a break from, you know, a greasy kind of, kind of experience, but uh, like they have a, an oven roasted Turkey. They have, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what I got there and I should have, I couldn't find it because I, I got the special. They always have different sandwiches there, but sure. Uh, um, 
but it, uh, but not only that, but when you get it, you can sit out there and you're just watching, you know, the joy of the, pa- the faces as people are coming in. And it's just, uh, it's just a nice crowd watching spot as well as, as some good food. That's a little bit lower on the price range as some of those uh, elsewhere. I love that you added this on here because it shows the individuality of, uh, of the way the parks work. I have only ever been to Jolly Holiday and I know exactly where it is. I know what it's all about, but to me, that's a breakfast place. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it, you're walking up main street. If you haven't had breakfast before you got to the parks, they've got muffins, cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. They kind of got, you know, a lot of that stuff, but, but I will say they have something rather famous there. And that is uh, a dessert you can only get there. Literally, it's the only place in the world you can get it. It's called the Matterhorn Macaroon. And it's a macaroon cookie. And it's white. And it's shaped like the Matterhorn. It's three bucks. (laughs) And I I used to have a coworker I'd go to the parks with a lot. And uh, every time we'd go, he'd say, if I come home without a Matterhorn Macaroon, my wife will leave me. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we'd uh we'd wait in line and and uh, they've got a lot of treats a lot of sweets and yes. but they also have sandwiches and stuff like you said it just doesn't dawn on me to go so joel i am now making it a goal that i'm going to try getting a sandwich oh i'm looking at their sandwiches it's like right grilled now. cheese and tomato soup even i mean you got some nice things that you ah. don't expect when you're thinking again a theme park kind of food but it's well it, yeah it i mean you look stuff. at They've got the grilled vegetables and whole grain salad, which is seasonal oh, yeah. vegetables, mixed greens, barley, spelt. I mean, yeah, they've really stepped it up. So this is opening my eyes, Joel. I'm really <laughs> glad that you uh, you did that because I think of that as grab a muffin on the way in and grab the macaroon on the way out. And that's it. So good call, man. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. All right. And that was your number eight. eight. Yes. So I'll go to my number seven next. And now we're starting to get into... My like, wow stuff. Uh, number seven, I may have eaten here more than anywhere else. And that is in Disneyland Park, Bengal Barbecue. And this is the one I knew would be on your list. So I did not put it on mine. <laughs> um, and I, explain and I'll explain why it's not you on bet. mine higher. Uh, so for me, I love Bengal Barbecue. I love where, so Adventureland is my favorite land. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just there's something about it. I love I love Tarzan's Treehouse. I love the Jungle Cruise. I love Indiana Jones. But I love that this is right here. Now, also, I don't know why there's never that long of a line for it. And now they have online ordering, so it's even better. But what I like about it is rather than ordering a meal, you can get two or three or however many skewers you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm a as you know, I'm, I'm a big barbecue guy. I do, uh, I do all kinds of barbecue, competition barbecue and stuff. And I just love their skewers. And they've especially, I, I've always loved this restaurant. But a couple of years ago, there was, a, there was nowhere really to sit. You'd get it and you'd have to go walk around with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they had a shop next to it. They've cleared out the shop and they now have a dining area there. And Adventureland at night is my favorite place. So we'll go get... You know, a few skewers for all of us to sh- to share. They have a pork belly skewer that's amazing, a beef skewer, a vegetable skewer, and usually we'll just get a bunch and we'll we'll all share them. But then they always have a specialty skewer. Like I say, right now, I mean, this is what they have. Up. It's <laughs> closed right now. There's nothing right now. But they're like their specialty skewer is shrimp, 
spam and pineapple with pina colada sauce. And it's great. And then one other tip is if you go here, if you're in the mood for skewers and you think, man, my kids are not going to like skewers. First of all, if you get them the chicken skewers, they'll love it. But secondly, they have what are called tiger tail breadsticks. And they're shaped like a tiger's tail. They have garlic and cheddar cheese on them, and they are phenomenal. So I absolutely love Bengal barbecue. <laughs> and for me, part of it is I, I saw Bengal barbecue, but I never thought much of it, I guess. I just always was going too fast to uh, get in line for Indiana Jones or whatever the case may be. Um, but the last time we went, uh, after reading some things, we're like, you know what? We should try, especially the bacon-wrapped asparagus, and I loved it. Isn't it uh, good? And oh. the, so the only reason that's not on my list is because I don't have that much experience with it. The one sure. thing I've had, I loved. Uh, yep. we, we got, I'm sure, like, I think it was the chicken skewer as well, which also we enjoyed. Uh, and now yeah. it's on our list when, when we go back, when parks open up. Uh, yeah. Bengal barbecue is definitely on our list. It's just, as a kid, sure. I don't have that much experience with it. So to- Totally. Same way that I, I feel about the Jolly Holiday. It's See, this is why we have episodes like this. Y'all, that's awesome. <laughs> So that's that is uh, so Bengal barbecue for me comes in as my number seven. Let's hear your number seven, Joel. And my number seven is one of those, as you mentioned at the top, is my kind of looking back because what I actually love here no longer exists here. Mm. But it's the Edelweiss snacks. Edelweiss and snacks, okay. Edelweiss snacks, which I'm guessing most people don't recognize it by the name, um, is the uh, Turkey Lake Station that's right there by the Matterhorn. Nice, right? I know exactly where it where where you're talking about. Yes, um, and for one thing is uh, the turkey legs, which I love. Um, mm. There are some foods that if you say, no matter what you're talking about, you could be talking about places that aren't Disneyland. But if you say turkey legs, immediately my thought is Disneyland. Um, and uh, and when a place can own a food like that, I feel like that's an important thing. And I think for a whole lot of people, if you say turkey legs. Disneyland is one of the first things that comes to mind. Right, right. Uh, so so to own that food without it being, you know, like a Mickey sandwich, which you go, oh, Disneyland. I mean, just Turkey Lake, Disneyland as well. Yep. Um, but Edelweiss Snacks used to have the pork shank. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever had a chance to have that. I did not. It was beautiful. Um, it was uh, on the bone, just a big old Flintstone looking slab of pork. Uh, similar in size to the turkey leg, uh, but it was a uh, pork shank. Uh, and there were only a few places you can get them. And one of them was Edelweiss. Uh, and my family would get that. I have pictures of my kids being young and us sitting in the little, uh, there's a little place to sit, excuse me, down there by the Matterhorn and uh, just kind of watch people go by. And we would be chawing on a turkey leg and a pork shank, uh, like regular old cavemen. And it was a happy time. <laughs> How awesome is that? That's really cool. I love it. Yeah, I I have uh I don't have the memories of that, but what you're saying about the the turkey leg, I I remember where that was. Uh but what you're saying about the turkey leg, you're absolutely right. Why are they not bringing back the pork shank? That's what I want to know. When I look online, there's a lot of people who are asking that same question. So hopefully uh while they're shut down, they've had some time to think uh and we'll bring it back. Yeah, it sounds like the pork shank needs to make its triumphant return. I feel like there, if there are two things that Disneyland really owns iconically, it's churros and, and turkey legs. You yeah, know, those are the those are the two things that are so incredibly Disneyland. 
yeah, phenomenal. Oh, great choice, Joel. Really cool. Awesome. Yep. Uh, all right. And that was your seven. number seven. So this takes us to number six. And my number six is also in Disneyland Park. And it's somewhere that uh, I eat at so often when I'm in the parks. And yet not a lot of people know about it. And that is the Harbor Galley. Ooh, that was my number four. Harbor Galley is your number four. Awesome. Yes. Hey, I'm so glad. I did not think you were going to have Harbor Galley on there. But uh, Joel, why don't you kick us off? Tell us why you love the Harbor Galley. Uh, for me, and this was also something that just recently uh, I didn't know about growing up. Quite honestly, I saw this and thought I didn't know this was a place. Um, and I have to say, I am not a seafood person. And Harbor oh, okay. Gallery is all pretty much seafood. But yeah. my family is. Um, mm. And they loved it. They have uh, a lobster roll. They have yes. uh, a lobster mac and cheese. They mm-hmm. have a clam chowder. My kids go crazy for clam chowder. Yeah, um, me too. And they had, it was a broccoli cheese soup, which doesn't sound all that exciting, but it was very good. Um, it's fantastic. And it's the location too, where you could see mm-hmm. the people coming around from Splash Mountain as you're sitting outside there at the Harbor Galley, or you see uh, the boats going by and uh, people playing around. I was going to say Tom Sawyer's Island. It's, it's not still Tom Sawyer's Island, right? Yeah. Now, now it's the <laughs> so, pi- Pirate's Island, or I, well, I will, right. I will call it Tom Sawyer Island for the rest of my life. It's so. just occurred to me. I'm like, that's not what it's called. Um, but anyway, yeah. so it's a great location. It's tucked away. You kind of feel uh, out of the way and, uh, and the food was, was fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere that we hit all the time. And part of why we, we hit it so much is because people don't realize that there is an actual restaurant there. Yep. It's really funny because they they uh, they have a te- tendency. Uh, now they call it, by the way, it's Pirates Lair on Tom Sawyer Island. I, oh. guess. <laughs> uh, I had to look it up real fast. But you know, it's easy to walk right past. It looks like a little popcorn stand or something. Yeah. And then you go in and order. First of all, the lobster roll is delicious. But even better to me is those house-made chips. Oh yes. They make their own chips right there. It's incredible. Or you get a sourdough bowl. I'm a clam chowder guy. I love it. And then lobster mac and cheese in a bread bowl. How does it get more decadent than that? Right. But I agree with you that there, there are kind of two ways that you can sit right there. There's kind of seating right there. You can go up a few steps and you can actually sit right on the waters of America. You can watch the, uh, the sailing ship Columbia or the, uh, the Mark Twain go on by, or you can go up a little bit more and yeah, watch people walk off splash mountain but what I love about it too, I mean, for being right there in front of the haunted mansion, uh, you know, right where it is, it's so hidden. And when you go and you sit back, especially if you sit down kind of facing the waters of America, if you haven't been there, this might not make sense uh, for our listeners. But but literally, you walk around the corner and up a couple steps, and then right there, you feel like you've left the theme park. Yeah, you get a few minutes to breathe. And just relax and enjoy. And there are a few tables there. I love it. I love this major list, Joel. That's so cool. This was another one I thought I'd be alone on. So I was like, I, people have to know about this one because I didn't for years. So I'm like, people have to know. Um, yeah. It was also one of the first or one of the only places where you could get McDonald's French fries when they were in the park mm, for about right. 10 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, and that made it to your number four. And honestly, uh, like like so many of these, this this could have been. This is where we're getting into my my regular haunts. Yes. So 
I, I love it. So that was your number four. That was my number six. What came in at number six for you, Joel? My number six is in Disneyland, and it is Rancho del Zocolo Restaurante. Very nice. Very nice. Now, Rancho del Zocolo did not make my top ten, but oh my gosh, it could have. Uh, I eat there all the time. So go ahead. And, and some of it is, is history for me. Again, when I was a kid, this was one of the places I would always be. Um, uh, that was just a given. That's where you go and you eat. You get the uh, Mexican food. You get some nachos. You get uh, an enchilada. You get chips. Um, yeah. And I also love the history of it, although it wasn't called Rancho del Zocolo at the time. But this is where Doritos chips were invented. Yes. Um, yes. So, so it's just, you know, it just feels very historic. They, uh, if you get there in the October time, uh, they have uh, fantastic decorations. Uh, the Dio de Muertos, uh, de los Muertos yeah. is, is amazing there. Um, and uh, anyway, so some of it is nostalgia, even though there's actually other Mexican restaurants I eat at more in the parks um, than sure. that now. But that one uh, still is just, I walk by there and there's just a welling of remember. You eat here all the time. It was, mm. I love it. Yeah. It's Rancho del Zocalo was, uh, was the Frito, what was it called? It was the Frito kid was there. Yeah. Uh, and, and they just had, uh, Casa de Fritos. That's what it was. And they used to have to, to sell more Fritos. You could go up and you'd pay for your Fritos and they would come down a little chute and the kids would be all excited. <laughs> they would come out of like a mining chute and the Frito kid was sitting there, but yeah, they took, stale tortilla chips mm-hmm. and coated them in a, in a cheddar, baked them. They became Doritos and Frito-Lay started selling them. I think it's such cool history. Yeah. I also love Rancho del Zocalo for the same thing we were just talking about with Harbor Galley. There's a ton of seating there. And yes, some of the restaurants yes. really struggle with seating, especially if you're not, you know, sit down, but Rancho del Zocalo, you can almost always their Their courtyard is gorgeous. It's so big. Sometimes they have a little mariachi band that'll walk yes. through and play. And yes. oh, what a good choice. Man, that could have easily made my list. Awesome. The yes. food there is fantastic. You, you yes. can go up. And the, the other thing is value for money. If you're feeding hungry teenagers, Zocalo is the place because you get rice, you get beans, you get tortillas, you get everything. So. And that's why, yeah, I remember so much as a, as a teenager, that's like, oh, we're going to get full here. So oh, So was- good. Good choice. All right. Uh, anything else on Rancho del Zocalo? I think that covers it. All right. On to, I, get, I think we're up to my number five. Yeah. Uh, see, this is where it always gets dicey because we've covered some <laughs> of each other's. And, yeah. But uh, number five is a very unique one. And I put it on here just because it's so special and unique to me. And that is Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar at the Disneyland Hotel. Oh. I Have you ever been there? I have not. So I've, I've, uh, had the, the privilege to stay at the Disneyland hotel four times, I think three or four times, not something I can do very often with their, uh, you know, when they're running a great promo discount and it's $350 a night, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have uh, a few friends who work for Disney and sometimes they get friends and family specials that have allowed us to stay there. But, uh, but it is such a fun place. Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar is, uh, it's kind of over by, it's over by the pool at the Disneyland Hotel, and it's kind of up on a hill, so it kind of overlooks the pool. But they've gotten very, uh, 
it's it's just really cool. It's a true tiki bar, and they actually had Imagineers design it. And so when you're sitting in there, and there's there's a there's an actual bar, but they have fantastic food too. The bartenders are really funny, but you're kind of transported to that 1960s, you know, tiki feel, you know, and it's got all kinds of tiki stuff around you. And then they have some just some fun stuff in there. Like they have a, they actually have a bar stool that while you're sitting there, the bartenders can make it very slowly sink. So you don't even notice that as you're sitting there, that it goes down. But they also have stuff from the actual, the enchanted tiki room inside. It's just a really fun place to sit Mm -hmm. and eat. Um, As far as the food that's in Trader Sam, well, the other thing is the Disneyland Hotel is my favorite hotel in the world to stay at. Uh, I love it because it's the original. They have a lot of artifacts in there. Then you go in and it's the very classy, but Mickey shaped everything. It's really fun. But then not only is it a tiki bar, but when you look at what they serve, you know, sweet and spicy chicken wings, poke bowls, they've got uh, pork gyoza, you know, it's very, it's all very tiki and they've got the music playing. So it's worth it. And I would say for our listeners, even, and, and with, with, you know, you can, you, I think you can bring kids inside too. I had older kids with me, uh, but I think you can bring kids inside to sit down and eat. Uh, but they also have an outdoor patio and you can watch people play in the pool at the Disneyland hotel. It's just a really, really neat experience. The design on it, go online and look at pictures uh, for our listeners of, of Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar. So it's a unique, unique dining experience. You can only get there. And that's why that came in at my number five. Wow. I yeah. feel like I need to take a little jaunt over there now. Yeah, you'll enjoy it, Joel. It's a lot of fun. So what uh, what role did it number five for you? My five is also uh, not in the proper parks, but it's in downtown Disney, and it is Tortilla Joe's Taqueria. Mm, um, isn't Tortilla Joe's fun? I, I This we hit all the time, and in fact, we've hit this a number of times when we're, not, when we're in the area and not going to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, it's – and – Quite honestly, you might go in there and go, what the heck was that pick? That wasn't a super (laughs) Disney kind of feeling pick. But what's nice is it's not that far off the tram from Disneyland. Yep, yep. uh, Or the monorail. So if you take the monorail down there, uh, it just gets you a little bit, again, some of that off the the normal parks uh, thing if you're going for multiple days. Uh, When I was young and living in California, obviously, there was always day trips, but now that I'm older, when we go down, it's a multi-day experience. So there's times where you just go, I just need to be out a little bit. And so, yeah. uh, and so we, we head over there to, to Taco Joe's Taqueria and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's similar to uh, any of those kind of make your Mexican plates as you go down uh, the line. So uh, right. you know, they all have a salad or burrito or a bowl. Uh, we've had some nachos there too, that were amazing. Um, so, I mean, the food is probably not going to blow your mind from, originality or inventiveness you probably had something similar but uh but it is very good it's high quality and and again it gives you just a little bit of a a way to get away from the park and more cost effective than most of the things inside the park so uh when you have a family as i do you look for occasional times to kind of eat a little bit on the cheaps in quotes sure while there (laughs) i i i could not agree more i i didn't it didn't make my top 10 However, it is the number one place I've eaten the most in downtown Disney. <laughs> I We find ourselves going there all the time. It is another place where if you've got uh, tweens and teens with you, 
they will load up. I mean, yes. between the because it's chips and salsa. You know, <laughs> my my kids can eat through like four bowls of chips and salsa before the entrees even come, yeah. and so it's bottomless chips and salsa. It is a great value, you know. The, the what you what you get and big plates of burritos, chimichangas, enchiladas, and it's a festive atmosphere. You know, you feel like you're part of a, a big fiesta the whole time. I, I agree with you. It's a fantastic place. And what's funny is I've eaten at Splitsville. Like I said, I've only been there a couple of times and it's on my list. This didn't hit my list, but if I were to go tomorrow, I'd probably end up at Tortilla Joe's. <laughs> uh, Splitsville, you kind of have to go to go bowling, but uh, Tortilla Joe's, it's also a great place for a group. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got friends, you know, uh, from when I lived in Southern California, a lot of friends down there. And if they know we're at the parks, they'll say, Hey, why don't we come meet you for dinner, uh, in downtown Disney? And every time we say, yeah, let's meet at Tortilla Joe's like almost a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> great big tables, lots of space inside the restaurant. And, and on a hot day, oh yeah, they, they keep it nice and cool in Tortilla Joe's. <laughs> uh, and there are the two, we should make it clear there are the two different ones. There's the sit down restaurant and then the taqueria that's next to it. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah. So it depends on you know how you want to go. Uh, quick and dirty. We, we usually do more of the taqueria side. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, but yeah, both have have some amazing stuff there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So there's a sit down version and then there's a walk up window. And I love that they have those kind of options. And what's nice if you go to the uh, if you go to the walk up window, they've got the fountains and stuff all around that you can sit down. It's actually kind of uh, not too far from Splitsville, right there in downtown yeah. Disney. So I think yeah, they might just be across the square. I'm trying to remember now. But it, yeah, they're it, right across from each other. So yeah, awesome choice, good stuff. Well, why don't you keep us rolling with your number four as well? Well, I could, except for it was Harbor Galley. So oh, it was Harbor Galley. That's right. We've already covered your number four. Yes. Sir. All right, I'll jump in with my number four. All right, my number four. I I keep saying this that I've probably eaten here more than any other, but if we're this one is in California Adventure. If mm-hmm. I'm in California Adventure and I'm eating, nine out of ten times I'm going to be eating here, and that is the Pacific Wharf Cafe. Uh, I assume that with how high we are, that didn't make your list. It did, but um, I will explain how I cheated a little bit. But Pacific oh, okay. Wharf is a portion because I actually have. Uh, or sorry, the Pacific Wharf Cafe is a portion because I cheated and actually took the entire Pacific Wharf as the Pacific uh, Wharf food the the, the whole, whole food court food court as <laughs> place to eat because love it uh, great that's great Joel that was one of the three that I had listed specifically in that food court but uh, yeah um, well why don't I talk because I yeah. I I agree with you that they're all awesome there I chose Pacific Wharf Cafe. Because that's where I always go. But the great thing about the whole food, if you want to call it a food court, I don't know a better word than food court. Mm, that's but, that sounds a little bit like a mall, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's an open court dining area and it's surrounded by, there's a, there's an Asian restaurant, there's a Mexican restaurant and uh, there's, and then there's the Pacific Wharf Cafe. Is there another restaurant right there? Those are the three that I have listed. The Cochina, yeah. Cucamonga and the yep, Lucky Fortune. Yep. Yeah. Right, right. And Kachina Cucamonga is great. These are all great. So I will go ahead and I'm just going to shift mine over to being number four, being the whole Pacific Wharf area. <laughs> but I, I will go ahead and I will address why I love the Pacific Wharf yes. Cafe part of it uh, best of all of them, uh, even though that I think that, that, that they're all really great. 
I'm a bread bowl sucker, as we talked about <laughs> uh, over in uh, over in Disneyland Park with the harbor. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I just there is something to me about the Pacific Wharf Cafe. I love to go there at dusk. Hmm golden hour when the lights are kind of just going down and there's a nice breeze, even if it's been a warm day and you sit down, you're kind of out by the water. You can get closer to the water if you want. And I'll get uh, either soup in a sourdough bowl, or they always have a salad right now. It's the Chinese chicken salad that has, you know, uh, it's got wontons in it, diced chicken, scallions. It's just delicious. But I also, Joel, there is no end to my love of sourdough bread. Yeah. And the fact that you can go in here and you can get soup in a bread bowl, mac and cheese in a bread bowl, a (laughs) Chinese chicken salad in a bread bowl, a chicken and apple walnut salad uh, in a bread bowl, or they have a great, this turkey and pesto club that we get quite a bit there. It's a big club sandwich, comes with chips. And I've never had anything bad at the Pacific Wharf. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll we'll take the little uh, tour We'll see how the bread is made, and, uh, and then we'll go into Pacific Wharf and order. Um, before I turn it back over to you for the whole area, <laughs> um, I love the Mexican restaurant there. What, what's, what's that called again? Cochina Cucamonga. Cochina Cucamonga. I love that. I have not been as impressed with the Asian restaurant there, and I love Asian food. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was less impressive, but Rancho Cucamonga, they've got... You can get the fajitas there and you can get the, uh, you, you can get, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic restaurant. The half so chicken is what I always love there too. Uh, just, I've had that. So, so good. Very, very good. So, uh, so where did this fall on your list? So that was number two. Number two. Yeah. Um, we're, we're close on that. Cause I'm number four on this. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about where do I really eat? And I think if you, you know, add up where I've eaten in a general area, that yeah. Pacific wharf, it's gotta be pretty darn high. Um, as far as just right. number of times, because multiple times in the trip, we'll go back, particularly if you're t- talking about the whole area, because you can do the the cafe or uh, the cu- uh, Cucina Cucumon yeah. or the Lucky Fortune Cookery. Um, I That Lucky Fortune Cookery, one of the best things I've ever eaten at Disneyland was there. Really? Um, but that's what the caveat we had at one time. They had a, and I don't think they have it anymore because I've opened up their menu and I don't see it, but they had like a, a Thai curry mm. uh, bowl. Oh, that sounds awesome. Joe. Um, and it had like, it had like sliced, like thinly sliced, like a fennel. And I mean, so many, you know, of course, your, all your standard veggies that you'd have in there. But I just remember it just, it was this roasted fennel that was amazing. It blew me away. We went again, like two days later, I got the same thing. It did not have the fennel and some of the stuff. And I was like, this is not as good. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> so it's been both one of the best I've had and the most disappointing experiences I've had in the same week at that place. Wow. But uh, um, and, yeah, and that, the Cochina Cucamonga, uh, that's where I tend to eat more as opposed to the Rancho uh, del Zocalo. Um, sure. And, and some of it is, yeah, all those things that you would mentioned before. But I just, I really love that half chicken was was that half chicken is amazing. I love the half chicken. I also, they have a fajita salad, a chicken mm-hmm. fajita salad that's fantastic. What I love about it is, you know, when we would take three or four kids or, you know, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, trying to decide on a restaurant, <laughs> you know, and you're getting burned out on burgers and pizza at yeah. some point on this trip. It's nice to get there and to go, here's cash, everyone. You got your choice of the Chinese restaurant, the Mexican, or the uh, the wharf, 
everybody go get mine or now I can do online ordering for everyone, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I can just say, you know, Hey, we're going to meet at that table. Everybody meet and go sit at that table and everyone <laughs> can still eat together. So what yeah. a great area. Man, the Pacific awesome. Wharf also was to add one snack thing because it's the first time I had it was there at the Pacific Wharf and it's become a family favorite, which is the uh, jalapeno cream pretzels. Oh, I've never had that. Oh, I, uh, a, uh, one of my nieces came by with one and I was, my kids are not usually all that adventurous. And she said, you have to try it. And they loved it. And I was like, really? And I love it too. So now it's, it's one of those snacks we have to get there. They have it a variety of places, but the, uh, little trolley that's there in the Pacific wharf, uh, that has uh, beer, I believe, as well as those uh, jalapeno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Kind of kitty corner yeah. too. Yep. Yep. I know exactly where that is. And yeah. They are. We had them at a number of carts for the rest of that trip. We, we had quite a few of those. Mm, that um, sounds awesome. But uh, so that all wraps together for some of my love of the Pacific wharf. Fantastic. All right. We're, we've been very aligned. You think about 124 to 164 <laughs> experiences, Joel, we've been pretty aligned. That's amazing to me. So yep. uh, I'm going to jump then into my Number three, since okay. we've already done your number four, now we've already done your number two uh, as well. I'm going to go into my number three, uh, which I've only eaten at twice now, and that is Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I would love have to Have you see made it over to Galaxy's Edge yet? Nope, I have not been since they've opened there. Yeah, it's, Joel, it is phenomenal. Um, I've, I, I got to go... Once, uh, Sean Lords, who's one of the hosts of the Word mm-hmm. on the Main Street podcast, uh, he and I went when they were doing the previews. He was able to get tickets during the preview time when you had it, it wasn't preview, it was you had to buy specific tickets for it. Anyway, he got them and we went down and uh, we ate there. And it is the most themed, incredible experience. Like at no point do you feel like you're at a Disney park. You are living in Galaxy's Edge. You are nothing would surprise you there out of Star Wars. It is so fantastic. Wow. And uh it's just a it's a very immersive dining experience. Uh everything from not only the ambiance, which is incredible, you feel like you're in this intergalactic like cargo warehouse. Uh but just the names of the stuff, like, you know, they have a, a shrimp and noodle salad. They could have called it that. They call it a yob shrimp noodle salad. <laughs> and Andorian fried chicken tip yip is uh, how they're fried chicken or smoked kadu pork ribs. And I had the I had the pork ribs one time and uh, I had the I had the yob shrimp noodle salad one time. I took uh, I took my my two oldest sons who are at the time they were. Uh, 24 and 19. And uh, I took them last, uh, let's see, it was last October because it was for the Halloween party. And they were blown away by it as well. It's a very immersive, I mean, Galaxy's Edge itself is so well done. And Mm -hmm. I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. Uh, I like it. You know, I mean, I'm of the age. We are of the age that how do you, how do you not love, you know, Star (laughs) Wars? But I'm not like super fan, but man, you just, the whole dining experience in there just feels incredible. So you get a good amount of food, but it's also, it's just a neat, neat place. 
I am looking forward uh, yeah. to that. Definitely. I'm definitely excited. Uh, December 4th through 9th, I'm taking three of my kids to Disney World. And we're going to go spend four days. And I have not been to Galaxy's Edge over there. So hmm. that'll be a new experience. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Oh, yeah. All right. Did we already cover your number three? No, we didn't. No. My number three, and this seems to be a theme, I cheated a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I like your cheating. <laughs> um, but uh, my family, we have a tradition uh, that we started when the kids were, we only had one kid, I believe. Uh, and that is that we would have, for one night, we would have uh, ice cream for dinner. Oh, okay. And so... My number three is Ghirardelli Soda Fountain and Chocolate Shop. Well played, Joel. That's awesome. So so obviously not what you would consider a nutritional dinner. Um, <laughs> but my kids all know when we go on vacation, and not just to Disneyland. Generally, if we have a you know a vacation that of any length, there is a, a uh, ice cream for dinner uh, aspect. And uh, uh, the Ghirardellis, if you haven't been into... First off, when you walk in the door, and they usually hand you a Ghirardelli chocolate square. So, right from the beginning, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they start noticing that we're circling around a couple times, uh, coming through again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and we've had a number. I mean, and there's a lot of good ice cream uh, shops uh, there throughout the park. Uh, Carnation, obviously, at Disneyland, yeah, uh, is great. Um, the one right off the circle there at California Adventure as well. Sure. Um, we've had, but Ghirardelli's is where we kind of always go back to. Um, and you know, they have banana split that uh, is fantastic. I'm a big fan of banana splits. Hot fudge sundaes, they have a, uh, they at least at one time had a Mickey Sunday as well that had, you know, kind of like two cookies in it uh, into a scoop Fun. of ice cream. So uh, the younger ones really appreciated that. Uh, warm brownie sundaes. I mean, just, just all of what you think of as a great ice cream place and, and it's a good quality ice cream and it is awesome. a happy place. Uh, I, I love it. <laughs> we don't generally tend to hit it there uh, necessarily, but one of funny enough, one of my favorite Disney memories is actually tied to Ghirardelli, which is there is a Ghirardelli uh, right next door to the what's Disney's theater called on uh in Hollywood. Oh, um, I'll think of it, but they have one attached to that. And my son and I went to a Tron event at it <laughs> and got shakes when we were there. So, Oh, that's so fun, man. Good. Uh, have you heard of, have you heard of black tap burgers and shakes? I saw it and I saw those shakes there and <laughs> they're similar. There's a place in, in Las Vegas. Uh, I just lost it. It's also like that. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a shake and on top of the shake is an ice cream sandwich. You know, that kind of yeah. thing where you're like, yeah. that's your garnish. So. <laughs> that's your garnish. It's a full ice cream sandwich. It was a full ice cream sandwich. It was like the big yeah. chocolate chip ice cream sandwich. I was like, wow, that's, that's a side <laughs> right, right. I've never tried it, but it looks amazing. If you're, you know, at yeah. Oh, El, the El Capitan Theater. Yeah, we okay. went. Uh, they have there's a uh, there's a Ghirardelli attached to, to El Capitan, and they were doing a Tron night where they had some of the stars, and then they were showing back to back the original. And I'm a huge Tron nerd, so. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's yeah. something about ice cream in the park that makes it taste better, right? Absolutely. Gosh, I hope my kids don't listen to this. Because they're gonna go, Dad, how come we never had ice cream for dinner night? That's what was that all tradition. about? <laughs> I think that's awesome. Very, very cool, Joel. 
All right. So this takes us uh, to number two, which your number two was the Pacific, Pacific Wharf. Wharf area. Yep. My number two is the uh, the Storytellers Cafe, hmm. but with a, a little bit of a caveat. This is a, a restaurant that is in the Grand Californian, and we've oh. been very, very blessed. Uh, I had We've stayed at the Grand Californian three or four times. One time, when it first opened, uh, they were doing kind of a, a test run opening promo thing. And for some reason, my family and I were able to book a really nice room for 99 bucks a night. Wow. Yeah, considering now, I could never. I mean, it's it's four (laughs) or five hundred a night now. But then I also I worked for a company that uh, they did uh, the company trip was to Disneyland, um, and and we stayed at the Grand Californian. Super fun. But the Storytellers Cafe is downstairs in the Grand Californian, and the Grand Californian uh, Hotel is all uh, very um, the artisan arts and crafts era. You know, it's this big lodge, which is awesome. And then the Storytellers Cafe is this sort of magical little place that has that uh, that craftsman look to it. And the caveat that I'll put on it is it's great at dinner. They've got a dinner buffet, but it's really high end. It's kind of expensive, but really high end and well done. But if you go for breakfast or brunch, they have what's called the Mickey's Tales of Adventure Brunch Buffet. And it is such a spectacular thing. It's Mickey and Minnie and Pluto and Donald, you know, the Fab Five, as they would call them. Uh, it's all of them walking around. And one of my favorite things I love for breakfast, I, I am a huge, huge fan of chilaquiles. Hmm. I love chilaquiles. Uh, and if you ha- for those who haven't had it, chilaquiles is like, Basically, it's uh, it's tortilla chips and uh, often made with with pork, fresh eggs, salsa. It's just this incredible Mexican thing. But they've got scrambled eggs, quiche. Uh, they've got all kinds of cheese. It's really high end, just delicious. And like I said, it's not it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. We've only done it. We've done it twice over the years, and we go to Disneyland a lot. But uh, it is such a special experience and just the ambiance that's around you, but incredible food and you get all of the original, uh, you know, characters walking through. And then sometimes in the evening, they'll actually have storytellers, professional storytellers come in. I don't know if they still do that, but that was the concept behind the restaurant. Uh, But it's in the Grand Californian and we've had a couple of meals there that I will just never forget. And that's why. That's why that came in so high for me. So that's my number two. And I would say that if people are looking for a special dining experience and it's in a hotel, so you're not watching people walk around the theme parks, it gives you a break. And if you, even if you're not staying at the hotel, um, if you do eat at the Storytellers Cafe, just kind of hang on to your receipt. You can use the Grand Californian entrance into the parks. Wow. So they have a special side entrance, and so it's only for people who are staying at Disney parks, but you just go up there with your receipt and say, hey, we're having breakfast here at Storytellers, and you can walk on into the park from uh, from the hotel. It always makes you feel fancy. I only stayed at a Disney property one time, and it was the Paradise. Yeah, Paradise uh, Pier. Paradise Pier, and at the time, you could still use the California Adventure or California, uh, Great yeah. Californian entrance. I thought I heard right. that, that they only allow now the Grand Californian. You can't be from other 
Yeah, you know, they've gotten really picky about it. Yeah, um, but at the time we couldn't, so that was always our little cut through. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's a great dining experience. It's a lot of fun. So, wow, this winds us up to number one, Joel. And uh, so this is why I wanted to save it because yeah. tell tell us again your number one. My number one was specifically Cafe Orleans, but it's also a slash uh, lunch at the Blue Bayou. And my number one is the Blue Bayou. Yeah. So that's so our number one was sort of the same. So yeah. I put Cafe Orleans as ten, and Blue Bayou as one, and it was really sort of if you can't go to the Blue Bayou, go to Cafe Orleans, and it sounds Joel. Like we have this for the same reason to me, the single greatest culinary creation in the history of man. uh, And maybe, maybe I'm overstating it a little (laughs) bit, but I, I don't think so. The Monte Cristo sandwich at, at Disneyland. Unbelievable. I assume in theory, they make these other places, but this to me is similar to the Turkey leg. If you say Monte Cristo, it's Disneyland is is, and that's the first place I had it. I went with my wife's family actually to the Blue Bayou was the first time I had it, um, mm-hmm. which, which I enjoy, obviously, being there in, in the Pirates of the Caribbean and seeing the fireflies and hearing the, the frogs and, you know, just the constant banjo playing is is quite enjoyable. It's a great experience. Yeah. Um, but I do remember also having to take out our phones and trying to see the menu because we couldn't read the menu at all. Right. It's very dark in there. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, I, I was told to get this Monte Cristo, and I was thinking, you're you're crazy. Uh, ham and cheese sandwich with berries and powdered sugar. <laughs> powdered sugar. <laughs> um, and it's fried. I mean, that got me. But uh, but I was like, you're you're crazy. And I had it, and I thought, this is this is everything in the world right now. Is it not, Joel? It's so amazing. It's the greatest sandwich ever made. And in fact, my wife knows I love it so much that for many years – for uh, Father's Day, she would make uh, Monte Cristo. And, I, you know, bless her, none of us can make it like they do at Disneyland, you know. Yeah. Bless her for trying, but, you know, and, and you look at it on the menu, it's a $29 sandwich. Yes, at the Blue uh, Bayou. You know, yeah. at, the, at the, sorry, at the Blue Bayou, it's $29. Now, to put that in perspective, you can get a bone-in ribeye for 48 <laughs> And this, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like the, sandwich. The, yeah, the rack of lamb is 44. The sandwich is 29 <laughs> and, you know, and yet it's worth every penny of it. Oh, yeah. uh, if you get the three cheese version, the three cheese Monte Cristo um, over at Cafe Orleans, uh, it's $21 uh, and say so is the regular Monte Cristo. So they have just a cheese version with no meat, or they have the regular one. Now, one thing I will say about Cafe Orleans: first of all, it's less expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, Cafe Orleans has something that the Blue Bayou does not have, which is their seasoned garlic French fries. The palm frites. Are, oh my gosh! And that's and for me, it's those two together. Um, yes. Well, I mean, I'll take a Monte Cristo by itself. Don't get me wrong, but no, but those palm frites with it, yeah, and big, big chunks of garlic and oh. and parsley and parmesan, and then they send it, they uh, they give it to you with that spicy Cajun remoulade. And oh, it is. I I have often said that you know, heaven forbid, I uh, I should ever do something that would get me the death penalty. But if I did, my last <laughs> meal is a Disneyland Monte Cristo with palm frites. Well, and you might as well finish it off too with the Mickey beignets uh, to finish. Oh my gosh, right? 
Right. Um, so they have those there too. It's and and if you haven't had the Monte Cristo, we I cannot overemphasize how big this thing is. We, right. So when you think I eat a lot, so I'll take just I'll get my own. We had a group, uh, my family that was there, and I think there was eight of us, maybe ten of us. Yeah. Uh, it seems like we got we kind of figured like four sandwiches for the eight of us. We figured that would kind of yeah. work out. Um, I think we took two sandwiches home. You know, it was <laughs> yes. It, there is so much, and and you feel sad that you cannot eat anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. Your body says, "Hold on, buddy, you're done." Yes, <laughs> and I will say to your point, a Mickey beignet and maybe a mint julep along with it. That is, yeah. Joel. Does life get any better than that? It is just awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I'll make my case for why Blue Bayou was one versus Cafe Orleans was ten, mm-hmm. and I actually struggled with this because I thought, why am I putting these both on the same list? Because they're the you know, the food is so similar and everything, but to me, uh, the Blue Bayou is the greatest dining experience in the parks okay. because it's the closest thing for me that you get to be on a ride and having dinner. Yeah. Like you get to go to dinner and the music and sometimes at the Blue Bayou, uh, they'll have a little kind of a jazz band will come out mm-hmm. and will play up on the, you know, uh, up on the terrace up there. And there's something about it where you're under the fake dark skies or whatever that I honestly kind of forget where I am. And it's so peaceful and, you know, and it's a nice dining experience. I will also, as a tip for our listeners, you can get a phantasmic, uh, there's kind of a phantasmic meal deal kind of a thing where it comes with your choice of entrees. It's pretty expensive. I mean, I want to say it's like 60 or $70 a person. Sometimes if I'm just taking one of my kids there, though, we'll do this. And what's nice is when you finish up with dinner, they give you a cushion, like a limited edition, whatever. It's the only, you can't buy it, that you have to get it from them. But it's a cushion that you can sit on. And then there's a special seating area for Fantasmic, so you don't have to line up before it. But you're paying through the nose. It's not exactly a free thing, but yeah. Yeah, but, but it's wonderful. But the music, it's the music and the sound effects. And then one other pro tip is uh, you can ask, and I, I we've probably eaten at the Blue Bayou five or six times, and I'd say maybe maybe twice or three times this works. If there's a line over at uh, over at Pirates, sometimes you can ask your waiter and say, "Hey, is there any way we can get onto Pirates from here?" And depending on the waiter, I guess uh, maybe there's a rule or something. But we've had waiters walk us right over to kind of where the handicap entrance is and they'll walk us right onto the ride. And that's, that's pretty nice. But the blue Bayou to me is a magical place. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I will say if you're willing to wait, like, and you have to wait right there, ask for a, a, a waterside table. It's even better. You know, you get to sit right by the water and it's tremendous. So I, I would say that, you know, our number one is very, very closely aligned on this one. So And some of it is just, again, that experience. And the one experience I had, I just keep thinking it was so dark and it was fun. Um, but I was also in a different environment. I think if it was just me and my wife at the Blue Bayou would be different than yeah. me, me and my wife's family and all those kids. And, you know, so it was more like I can't see anything. And, uh, and then I got... Uh, Monte Cristo in my mouth and I don't remember anything else that happened. After that. 
<laughs> suddenly, suddenly I was awake and I was writing Alice in Wonderland. I don't even know what happened between now and then. It's like, are we on the same day still or what, when, how long have we been here? Um, it was, it really was. It, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal experience and, and just so much fun and, and good time. So this was a great list, Joel. I'm really impressed with what you came up with and with, with kind of how similar our, our uh, stuff was. And I mean, really, truthfully, we, we could have both done a top 25 for that matter. I mean, yeah, I have a whole list of honorable mentions that just kind of kept bumping down that I was like, Oh, I mean, probably not that one, but you know. Yeah. And one thing I do have to throw out there, uh, because I have my I have my honorable mentions too. We're going to have a lot of listeners who are going to say, "How could you not do Carthay Circle?" <laughs> Carthay Circle at, at uh, California Adventure is kind of the um, is kind of like the Blue Bayou of California Adventure. It's the high class, high end. You know, it's it's their fine dining nicer dining restaurant anyway. For me, it didn't make it uh, purely because uh, I've never been there. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, a, I, that's, that's really it, you know. But uh, Sean Lords has told me that the Carthay Circle restaurant is just phenomenal, that it's incredible steaks and all kinds of stuff. So, But I've just, I've never eaten there. So And with like the Lamplight Lounge too, I've never been there. And same thing, everything I see about it, I think I would love this place, but I, I've not been. So I don't I, I've not been to Lamplight Lounge, although I ate at Ariel's Grotto mm-hmm. twice before it switched over to Lamplight Lounge. But, you know, Lamplight Lounge is so popular uh, that the, the, the few times I've been there since it turned into Lamplight, it's just the lines have been really long. And But I've heard that the uh, lobster nachos there are phenomenal. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? They might be adding a new uh, Tiana's uh, in the Splash Mountain, maybe similar to a Blue Bayou. You gotta think they're gonna do Tiana's place. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole theme of the the movie was her restaurant. So you yeah. gotta figure that. Uh, unfortunately, I think that might spell an end to the Hungry Bear. Uh, I think That's Hungry true. Bear might might head out, and Tiana's place might come in. But why don't we do a quick recap? Do you want to walk us through your top ten? Yeah. So starting at number ten, I had Cozy Cone Motel, and then Plaza Inn, specifically the character breakfast. The Jolly Holiday Bakery, and that was also specifically the lunch, but obviously all the pastries throughout the day are fantastic. Uh, Edelweiss Snacks um, for items that aren't there any longer, but uh, the turkey leg as well. Rancho del Zocalo um, for so many fun Mexican items. Tortilla Joe's, a good place to get out of the park and kind of enjoy in downtown Disney. Harbor Galley, a little tucked away place within the park for your seafood needs. Ghirardelli Soda Fountain and Chocolate Shop for those special families that have ice cream for dinner. Um, Pacific Wharf for the variety of the items there, including the Cucina Cucamonga Grill, the Lucky Fortune Cookery, and the Pacific Wharf Cafe. And number one, the Cafe Orleans. Awesome. My number 10 uh, was, was starting where your number one was. My number 10 was Cafe Orleans, although... Knowing now that I can combine them, it's actually number one. So that works out really well. Uh, number nine for me was also the Cozy Cone Motel, followed by Splitsville Luxury Lanes, kind of a hip, cool place to hang out in downtown Disney. Uh, Bengal Barbecue for wonderful, wonderful grilled meats right in the heart of Adventureland. Harbor Galley, as we talked about, uh, tucked away and a quiet little kind of oasis. 
uh, Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar at the Disneyland Hotel for a whimsical, fun, fun experience. The Pacific Wharf Cafe or the whole Pacific Wharf area, I think the best, most practical, best food in in California adventure for a family. Uh, Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo over in Galaxy's Edge for an immersive Star Wars experience. The Storyteller's Cafe, specifically the Breakfast or Brunch Buffet, which is Mickey's Tales of Adventure, where they tell you a story and uh, have all the, the Fab Five characters. And uh, number one for me is uh, the Blue Bayou. And with a bullet, I go for lunch, not dinner, because I want that Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. so. You should make that clear. You go for dinner, you will still get fantastic food, I'm sure. But the Monte Cristo is not there at dinner. Yes. If you want to have a Monte Cristo for dinner, you got to go to Cafe Orleans, because they do serve it for dinner at Cafe Orleans, yes. but they do not at the Blue Bayou. So. Joel, I'm so glad you're part of the collective, man. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. And uh, dude, you've got a you've got a deep take on this. This was so awesome tonight. So thank you so much. Well, thank we you. appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. If you enjoy the program, the number one thing you can do to help us out is if you go to Apple Podcasts, especially, but wherever you're listening. And uh, give us a review, a five-star review, especially if you actually write a review. It helps out a ton. Uh, We are on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to share that with your friends who love Disneyland because before too long, they will reopen the parks. We will get to go in. And uh, I think that's about all we got for you this week on the Castle Collective. So, Joel, thanks again for joining us. Hope you had a good time. Uh, It was an amazing time. Thank you so much for having me on. How much are you dying to get back to the parks now? Um, Well, I just cranked it up to 11. So (laughs) that is the truth. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week on the Castle Collective. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.